All right, so the scripture today, First uh, Corinthians 3, 9 through 17, and it says, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others who are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone who barely escapes through a wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Brandon. It's good stuff. And uh, yeah, like Tyler said, we are doing a mini-series in Corinthians and over the course of the year breaking this two books of the Bible uh, into these tiny little series and uh, with memory verses and Q&A. Um, if you've got questions during today's message, you can text uh, the number that's on the card or you'll see it at the bottom of the screen there, maybe if you have binoculars. Uh, you can text that number uh, at any time and we're going to conclude because today's the end of a mini series. We're going to conclude with a live Q&A time uh, talking about some of the questions that have come in. Uh, thus far in the last few weeks as well. And we're talking about building the church. And in this passage that we just read, Paul uses some imagery to describe what the church is. He describes it in verse 9 as God's field, right? That we are uh, God's field. And it, it, you think about a field and what does, um, what comes to mind, right? You see the mud, you see the plants, you see all of that. We have a picture of that, Caven. There it is. We are God's field, and with a field, it requires what? Effort and time and investment. It requires uh, uh, a working of, of that field. But also with a field, there's an expectation of harvest, that there's a fruitfulness that comes from a field. Uh, he uses the imagery in verse 9 that we are God's building. The church is God's structure, God's building. And, and, and with that imagery comes this idea of something intentional. You don't just haphazardly. We're not talking about we are God's tree fort just thrown together with some scraps from behind the shed, we are God's building. There is a plan and there's a foundation and there's structure and integration and, and those, those elements are integrated together and fastened together in this intentional manner. And then as we read, and Lucy recited so beautifully, uh, in verse 16, we are God's temple, this third image of the church, that we are this holy dwelling place of God's presence, of God's spirit. And I think what we see just in this couple of verses that Brandon read is that the church is not a structure uh, or a, loca a location. Church is, is so much more than an organization or a nonprofit. The church is people. You and I are the church. When we talk about building the church, it's complicated because we're talking about building people. We're talking about uh, messy, unfinished, in-process people investing in messy, unfinished, uh, in-process people. And so with that formula, are we going to have conflict? Are we going to get complicated? 
Of course, because people, all of us, there's no one in this room, no one watching online that is a finished product. We are all under construction, right? We are all in process. We are all complicated with our nuance and all of this. But what we've been talking about is that no matter who we are, we are being built by Christ into the identity and into the formation and into the community that he's designing us to be. And we get to participate in that construction project. We get to, con- we get to participate in what God is building and structuring, and, and, and that is something for all of us to engage in. Not just those with titles or those with uh, specific positions or roles. It's for all of us to participate in this. And so Paul challenges us to think about this question that I, I, as I was praying and looking at this passage, this question kept rattling in my mind. What kind of church are we building? What kind of church? The church is not a location. It is not a, a property. The church is people. But what kind of church are we building? And in this passage, we see Paul talk about uh, this idea of various items and, and building materials and things like that. And as I'm reading it, I, I don't know, maybe it's because i got three young kids, but I thought of the three little pigs, right? That famous fable, right? You, you read about hay and straw and brick and mortar and all this, and it makes me think about the type of church that we're building, and you're reminded of the three little pigs, and and the big bad wolf, and a huff, and a puff, and it blows it all down, and and that idea. And as individuals, we kind of understand this idea that when we're going through something, we're maybe going through a a storm, a tragedy, a pandemic, we're going through a life transition, there's going to be moments where we stop and evaluate, well, what kind of life am I building? Right? We all process that at different times and in different ways. We think about, well, what kind of uh, life am I building that matters? And, and, and am I building something that's going to endure and long-term? It's going to be fulfilling. I don't want to be that little pig that built his life out of hay. But if we stop to think about collectively, what kind of church are we building? What kind of community are we building? Are we building a church that matters, that will endure? putting our energy into serving and volunteering and using our gifts and our talents and our relationships and ministering as the church and building the church that Jesus died for and doing so as if eternity is at stake. What would it look like if we built the church on eternity? We didn't build the church on programs and personalities and events and holidays and special moments. We built the church on eternity. And that's what Paul, in this writing, is just challenging me as I'm thinking about it. What kind of church are we building? Are we building something that will endure? In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, he challenges this idea of this infrastructure, this building, by talking about the foundation. He says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that we already have, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation of the church. What kind of church are we building? We are building one founded on Christ. Jesus has to be the foundation of that church. And when you look at the foundation of a building, it's not always exciting and interesting, but it is essential to that building, isn't it? If that building is going to last, it needs a strong foundation. Jesus is that foundation, the good news of Jesus, the life, death, resurrection, and, and, and good news gospel that is Jesus that is the foundation of our church. That is the foundation of our lives. And, and, and it is important for us to recognize Jesus is the foundation, not a decoration. When I wrote that this week, I was like, ooh, that sounds really good. <laughs> but often in church and often in my life, I will make Jesus a decoration. I won't make him 
the foundation. And if he's the foundation, everything built upon that foundation better be congruent with that foundation. And that's what Paul is getting at. What are we building on this foundation? He has left this church in Corinth that he pastored and started up, and, and he's been away, and he's watching what is being established on top of this foundation that he laid. He laid the gospel of Jesus out for everybody and then left, and he's watching personalities and people trying to build the church, but they're building it in such a way where it's not congruent with the foundation that he laid. And as I'm thinking about Paul and, and the journey that he's on, it reminds me of this idea of you have this starting point and then everything else isn't quite fitting and it, it kind of creates this spiritual whiplash. It reminded me of this, uh, one of my least favorite Pixar movies, and it will make sense here. Some of you are like, wait, that's a whiplash right there. But reading about what Paul is talking about to the Corinthian church reminded me of one of my least favorite Pixar movies, and that is Brave. I don't like Brave. And the reason I don't like Brave is I'm watching Brave, and I, I initially, I liked it. Oh, it's about family, coming of age, there's archery, there's Scottish accents, right? There's all these, that's my best Scottish accent, I don't know. Seems like we would be really into it, and then about halfway through, if you've ever seen this movie, it takes a huge turn. And all of a sudden, we go from archery and this coming of age story to mom turns into a bear that is going to attack her family. Like, what in the world happened in this movie? And it takes this jarring turn. And I read about this movie at one point and because and, and, it just felt like a whiplash for the audience. What happened in this? And the next time you watch this, you know, I'm giving it a ringing endorsement, I know. But the next time you watch it, you'll see this pivot that happens in it. And what happened is I read about it. It started with one director and they started to lay a foundation of a movie and a script and an idea. But then that person got fired. And so they brought in, Disney and Pixar brought in somebody else. And so they built on a foundation that was already laid, but they went from archery and coming of age and the story of this princess and family to family turns into a bear that wants to attack you. What in the world? <laughs> well, Paul's looking at the church in Corinth and saying, I laid a foundation of Jesus and you have pivoted so much to these other things. I'm getting spiritual whiplash. It doesn't make sense. It's jarring to me. It doesn't always fit what's going on. You say we're all about Jesus, but then we're building our life on culture. We're building our life on fads. We're building our life on personality. We're building our life on what makes us feel good. Huh? So he makes this comparison in this discussion about building materials, right? And the three little pigs moment kind of kicks in at that point. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. And there's, there's two categories here as we look at these building materials. You've got gold, silver, and jewels, and then you've got hay, hay, wood, and straw. And let's group those into two groupings first, gold, silver, and jewels. Think about the characteristics of these building materials. They're long-lasting. They endure. They're uncommon. They're a little more rare, right? You don't just walk around the street and like, hey, there's some gold. I'll, I'll build my house out of that. These precious jewels and stones and these sorts of things, right? There's a beauty to it as well. There's a, there's a permanence is what Paul is getting at. There's a, a longevity that takes place. And he's talking with this imagery for them and, and talking about these building elements and things like that and saying, if you're going to build on the foundation of Christ, build on things that will last. 
It's a little more rare, not as easy to find. You're not going to see it all over the place in every book on the Barnes & Noble bookshelves or Amazon top 10 list, but you're going to have to dig a little deep. And one commentator talked about it. When you're opening your Bible, don't just go for the easy, quick, oh, that made me feel good type of building material. But he compared it with this idea of gold and silver, and he's like, I mine through the scriptures. I dig into the scriptures and look for not just the immediate, oh, that makes me feel warm and fuzzy, but he's digging in and he's looking for the timeless truth that reveals the heart of God. That takes a little more work. It takes a little more work to not just take a Bible story at, at face value and, and read these stories and say, oh, that makes me feel this or that makes me feel that. But what does it teach me about the heart of God? What does it teach me about my identity as a follower of God? And we've got to mine through that. It takes a little more effort, a little more time, but he, he's getting at this idea of building a church around things that will last, a theology and a doctrine, not, uh, not things that are, are temporary. And that's the other side of this, right? You've got wood and hay and straw. These are temporary. These are uh, combustible. These are easily accessible. They're everywhere. They're passing. They're, they're uh, futile, if you will, and as Paul's talking about this, he's not talking about this doctrine that is full-on heresy. But what he's talking about are things that don't really lead to eternity. Building a church that doesn't really lead to people following Jesus in the long term and through the storms of life and the eternal testing that's going to take place. And thinking about how easy it is to build... So it's not about false theology or false doctrine. They weren't saying, like, Jesus isn't the Son of God. But they were... They were compromising, blurring lines, building a gathering, building a crowd, building a church on things that weren't eternal. And unfortunately, Paul doesn't get into the examples of what he means by that, but what it does challenge me to think about is what does the church in 2022 build on that is an eternal? And I, I read books, and I read blogs, and I listen to podcasts, and I went to Bible college, and I do all this study, and I talk to other pastors, and I talk to people in the church, and I look at community, and, and, and what do we see is people, we, we invest our energy into building churches around things that are temporary, meaning, here's some examples. One, we can, we can find that we're building church on business techniques and strategies. There are people, entrepreneurial leaders, taking concepts that worked for Amazon and saying, well, that's how we're going to build our church. I've literally read books and been told in blogs and podcasts and seminars and things, people will come to your church if you have a nice bathroom. Let's build our church on our bathrooms. And we have a nice bathroom. But did anyone come back because of our stalls? Show of hands. Right? Oh, well, you need a great website that's clear and engaging. And I'm not against clarity of communication, but are we building our church on business strategies like a nice website? Are we building it based on customer retention strategies, as if the people of the church are customers? No, you're not customers. We're part of God's temple, part of God's body. We're in this together. We'll, we'll find that, that people are building their churches based on pop psychology and strategies of self-help and things like that. So it's easy to find uh, gathering a Christian crowd around, hey, what makes you happy? What makes you feel good? Let's visualize blessing. 
Let's just visualize God's blessing on our life and we'll pray and we'll visualize. And if you believe it, oh, you're gonna get it. And we build it up on these pop psychology, non-disruptive cliches. You know, I, I can sit around with business leaders in our community and they ask what's Hub City all about and I can just say, man, we're about loving people. What, what does that mean? And everyone in the room is like, yeah, that's great. But it, it, it's, it's so unclear, so vague, so broad, it doesn't really point to who we really are and what we're all about. We can find that we can build church on, on speculation. I was at the gym watching a message. Uh, somebody had changed one of the monitors at Planet Fitness to the, uh, one of the Christian stations, and I was watching a, a preacher with the subtitles on, on the stair stepper, just sweating for Jesus. And... And I'm watching this guy, and he is building his church on speculation. And it, it challenged me because he was talking about end times, and he was talking about tribulation and revelation. I, talk, I watched him uh, talk about, well, if you would give and if you would attend and if you would partake in what we're doing, God's going to send you an angel to protect you. And I'm sitting there getting sick, not just because I'm nauseous on the stair stepper, but because I'm watching somebody grow his church based on speculation. The Bible never promises you an angel to protect you and doesn't promise you. And here's what really made me nauseous was we are living in the year 2022, so God's going to give us a triple blessing. What in the world does that mean? Well, there's three twos in the year. Literally what he said. There's three twos in the year, so we're going to get a triple blessing this year. I said, shouldn't we get a double blessing? They're all twos. <laughs> but people get excited about that stuff. People rally around end time speculation and angels and, and, and things that Jesus just doesn't talk about. Liturgy and, and traditions and things that Jesus never really told us to do, but we get really excited about it, and we amp up around it, and we gather around it, we build our church around it, we make these things these sacred cows. We build churches based on feelings-based spirituality. That's another area that I was thinking about. What's fun? What's comfortable? What's palatable? What makes you feel good? Well, then we're going to grow a crowd. But here's all these things of wood and hay and straw, and they're easily accessible, and they make us feel good, and we can all get it. But you know what? Are we building a crowd, or are we building followers of Jesus? We could build a crowd, guys. We could hand out iPads on Easter. We'll build a crowd. But will we build followers of Jesus? And I've had this tension inside of me at times because I'm human, and I... I at times I've wrestled with my own self-worth being related to the size and growth and building of the church. And God has done a lot of, of work in my heart to realize I was building my identity, I was building our church, I was building my philosophy of ministry, I was building myself out of wood and hay and straw. And Paul challenges us to think about what kind of church are we going to build? But this isn't just a message for those that have pa pastor on their business card. This is for all of us. We're all called to participate in the building of God's church. Whether or not you ever step on this stage doesn't matter. You are, if this is your church, if this is your home, if this is your community, we are all called to engage in that and be challenged to think, will we be building a church that will last? That's what Paul cares about. 
In verses 13 and 15, he gives us this idea of the day of judgment. How many of you, when Brandon read that, went bum, bum, bum? Right? Verse 12, uh, excuse me, 13 and 14. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Verse 14, if the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. Bum, bum, bum. Now, to be very clear, every commentator I read on this wanted us to understand that this is not a, uh, talking about our salvation and whether or not we are good enough to be saved. This is not about building up your gold stars and your report card to get into heaven because we are not saved by our works. We are saved by grace. We are saved by our belief in Christ, not by, did I do enough? What he is talking about here is in response to that grace, we are called to serve. We are called to build. We are called to love. We are called to respond to it in a way. And he's challenging, what are you putting your hand to? What are you working on? What are you investing your life in? And will it stand the test? And it gets very vivid, right? This burning fire. How many of you pictured backdraft? For those that are young in the room, that was a fire movie back when you weren't born. And it's this idea of this fire that just engulfs everything. And the temporary is gone. The hay, the wood, the straw is gone. The pop psychology is gone. The crowd we build is gone. Building a church on personality is gone. But what will endure? What are the, the, the precious jewels, the gold, the silver? What will endure that fire What's eternal? What matters most? And will we build a church like eternity is at stake? It challenged me to think about it and evaluate for myself. And, and I think 2020, 2021 has just taken me on that journey of what kind of church are we building? You heard me just this year talking about it's not about quantity. We're striving for the quality of relationship, the quality of disciples, the quality of understanding God's word. It, yeah, do I want all of Burlington to come to know Jesus? Yes, right? Absolutely. But my identity is not dependent upon the size of our church. I don't want to spend our energy. I don't want to ask you to give your energy to building something that's temporary, that's something that won't endure after you and I are gone. And a pastor would say, everyone will leave your church. They'll leave in a U-Haul truck. They'll leave to go be with Jesus. Or they'll leave with their middle finger sticking out the window. Because <laughs> they don't like you anymore. I don't know if that's true. But we spend our lives building God's church. What a waste it would be if I asked you to invest in something that's temporary replaceable that's going to go away one of our favorite shows as a family is a show called lego masters and bear with me uh these designers these lego geeks just build these huge structures and what they do often is they will stress test them they have to carry weight or bear a bunch of weight and see which one will last the longest or they shake them really hard and see which ones last the longest or they'll blow a heavy fan and, and see which one will break uh, and, and withstand these tests. 
And, and as I'm reading Paul's words about what are you building, will it endure? It made me think of these Lego challenges that our kids love to watch. And, and what's interesting is you will find contestants, they will build these beautiful displays, just gargantuan displays as big as drum sets, and you know, as they would fill our cage here, and they're just these giant displays. But the moment they get stress-tested, they crack. Because it was all veneer, it was all display. And I think Paul's asking the Corinthian church, when, you're, when your building gets tested, when the disciples go through storms and transitions, and eventually, when you're gone, will they continue to follow Jesus? Will they endure? We're all builders of God's church. What kind of church are we building? I don't want just a pretty church. I don't want just a popular church or a cool church. And if you're checking out Hub City, I, I hope you hear this is a journey and I'm continuing to be learning in this. If you've been at Hub City for a long time, I, I'm continuing to learn this process. I've been thinking about this a lot and, and, and some of the, this idea of what does it mean to invest in the eternal? And some of the lessons, the bullet points that I'm learning right now uh, of what's eternal. People matter more than the project. We're asking you to invest in, in Serve teams, right? You're sitting on a card. Hopefully you're not sitting on it, but you're, you're sitting near a card that asks you to join a serve team and be involved and get invested in these things. Well, God's continuing to teach me that you matter more than the project we're asking you to do, than any Sunday school lesson you're going to teach, than any building you're going to fix or clean or weeds you're going to pull or event you're going to plan. People matter more than productivity. So I might have to slow things down to listen to people and care about people and walk with people because people matter more than projects, productivity. You see, because the person is the temple of God. The building is just a building. Amen? What am I putting my life into? Life groups is another thing that I've been thinking about. We're going to have an opportunity this, this spring to jump into life groups and be in community with people and grow together. But the question is, what are we growing around? We could draw crowds, can't we? If I started a football group or a free iPad group or a movie group or a walking group or a cycling group, people would some people, maybe not all of you, but some people would get, join that group. Maybe the free iPad group. A lot of people would show up for that one. You see, again, we can, we can build crowds, but are we going to build disciples? I, I, I want to prioritize being in a life group. I want you to be in a life group. I'm seeing stories of people that have been invested in life groups and meeting together and growing together. And, and hearing those stories is like so encouraging because I'm seeing community being developed. I'm seeing a place to belong. I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing health. And, and, and it's good. I'm hearing those stories. And I'm challenged to think about what are we gathering around? Something eternal or something temporary? Can we gather around Jesus? In life groups. And as I'm thinking about this, I know for some you're just like, man, this seems really heavy. This seems harsh. Paul's just going to say we're going to burn up the church and see what hangs out, you know, and see what's still there. 
But instead of being scared or discouraged, I think we should be encouraged and inspired. I think, man, oh man, we are being challenged to give our time, give our life, to sacrifice, to serve, to be invested in the building of God's church that will last. We're investing in God's people. Because at the very end of this passage, in verse 16, what are we investing in? Lucy declared it. What are we investing in? Are you investing in the building and the property and the organization of Hub City Church 501c3? No. You are investing in the people. Look at verse 16. Don't you realize that altogether you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you? You are the temple of God. You matter to God. And what you are building, what you are serving, what you are investing in, what you are sacrificing for, that matters to him because you're investing in the people of God, not the property of God. Had an aha moment learning about this scripture that you've been memorizing, I've been memorizing. It was on my bathroom mirror. I was trying to memorize it. Lucy did much better than I did. It says, don't you realize that all of you are the temple of God, that you, God is a Texan, it is a y'all. Did you know that? Y'all are the temple. It is plural. We don't get it in the English, but in the original language, that word you there is you is the, you, you is. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is a plural word in the original language. So I jokingly would say God is a Texan there saying y'all. Did y'all realize that y'all are the temple? There is this community sense. That's what we are investing in. That's what we're saying. Let's serve. Let's join. Let's engage. Let's participate. Let's build. We're doing it together. We're all in this. We are all the blessing. We are all the temple. We are all the field. We are all the dwelling place of God's spirit. You see, what makes this gathering special and holy is not the chairs or the carpet or the cool songs or the paint. What makes this building holy? You. You being here made this special, made this holy. Because this location is just a location. See, the gathering makes the location holy, makes the people make the, I'm struggling here, but the idea is that it is not the property, it is the people that makes it holy. To me, that inspires me to get involved, to be invested in other people, to be serving, and, and is it going to be complicated? It will. Will we have conflict? Yes. Someone whispered it. Yes. We will step on each other's toes. We will bother each other. We will frustrate each other. We will make mistakes along the way because we're all in process, because we're all God's building, and he is the one building us up, but he's engaged us and wanting us to participate in what he is doing in our lives and in the lives of other people. But the goal is to put Jesus at the foundation and build on that. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for what you are doing. I thank you for these last few weeks to be able to just dive into your word and be inspired, to be encouraged, to engage in what you are 
are building and constructing. You're, you are building up this church. And I pray that you are the foundation of our lives. You are the foundation of our identity and our purpose and our value. And I pray that everything that we invest our lives into, Jesus, we prioritize you and your kingdom more than our own. But you would build your church. We look to you. We lean on you. We follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Build your church, Lord. Build your church. In your name we pray. Amen. If you want more information on Hub City Church, find us at thehubcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.